You are listening to the e-commerce marketing school presented by Privy and Triple Whale. I'm your host, Val Geisler. Today we have a guest professor on all things channels and why you should invest in various channels, why you should care about certain channels, and we'll talk a little bit about how they've gone about deciding what channels to be on, uh, building as you scale. I think that's a really important topic. So uh, our guest professor on the e-commerce marketing school today is Ash from Avi. Hey, Ash. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Hey, uh, thrilled that you're here. You and Ron have an incredible show too, Chew on This, the podcast. Great place to learn. Um, also your newsletter, great little uh, kind of TLDR of the show. If you are more of a reader than a listener, grab uh, maybe grab both. Subscribe to both, right? Definitely um, subscribe to both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think like what's so interesting is watching um, as you have scaled up Obvi over the two years, three years. How long have you guys been, been around? Four years now in June. Four. Okay, cool. Wow. Um, so yeah, I mean it's. <sighs> Avi feels like an overnight success story, right? Like it kind of, you guys showed up and- It, does, it doesn't like, feel like it, but- Not yeah, to you, you can... um, but I think to the rest of us. And uh, I I just want to talk a little bit about kind of the early days and how you got started and, and how you and Ron knew where to invest the, where, where you started and like, was that the right place? Where do you invest your time? When it comes right. to the what like twelve different channels you could possibly invest your time and energy in, I think that's where a lot of people get tripped up. Is like, how do I know where to go either first or next? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I mean, let's let's get into it, right? I um, well, prior to Avi, I don't know if people know this, but um, Ron, Unkit, and I, we had a marketing agency, right? Um, I was pretty much running all the paid. Okay, was doing all the design. Ron was, you know, finance ops. Um, and together we could be a, you know, uh, a, a team that any brand kind of just add on, right? And so we knew. I mean, our bread and butter was Meta, right? Um, also at the time there really wasn't like, oh, people are just like Snapchat was great. Like it really wasn't, right? And so this is pre TikTok era. And so we learned a lot of how to scale just using Meta, right? So starting day one, you know, Avi launches and we just started running ads, right? Um, and again, this is this is pre-iOS, pre-COVID, inflation, everything. Like this was the the golden days, right? The golden days, the dream years when yeah. we all wish we had started a business. Yeah, exactly. Right. You could you could spend a dollar, make three to five dollars back, and you're like, All right, well, I got a business, right? So everything was 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 golden. So I, I the way that we looked at it was okay, we could either go the approach of let's rally up a bunch of influencers, um, you know, spend money on seeding and and, and that's the that's the thing. I think prior to the seeding it wasn't really as popular as it, as it is now, right? I think people were like, all right, well, I have to have a set budget um, for influencers. They're going to ask me, paid for posts, this and that. Like, we didn't want to go down that that route because we, we just came off of, you know, this agency. We knew how to really, you know, make better work. And that's that's kind of where we started. Um, 
I think for most brands now, if you do have that that capital to kind of deploy, um, Facebook isn't the worst place to put your money right now, right? Um, the the issue here is that you it does require a lot of testing upfront to figure out how do you achieve that first order profitability, right? And you know, I, I think for a lot of people, um, brands that have like AOVs that are like close to that 50, 60 range, it's it's very difficult to get to get CPA sub thirty, right? Um, and so the way that I would approach it now in today's climate is to really go down the route of starting with influencer seeding, right? Um, and as well building up your your organic presence. So we can go okay, into those so, two. So what is uh for people who don't know what influencer seeding is, just like highlights what what is it in very simple terms? Very simple terms, it's again, like I mentioned, right? We we didn't wanna kind of just get a bunch of influencers and say, hey, we'll pay you to post, right? The, the way that we like to uh, you know approach this and and a lot of this has has been um, kind of I guess there's a lot of people in this space that have helped us come up with this like uh, system you know the guys at kinship um you know the, the they I, I think they coined the term influencer CD but basically what it is is um you're basically reaching out to a bunch of influencers whether it be on TikTok Instagram YouTube and the the main goal here is to send them something no strings attached you just want them to try the product um whether it's like you just want feedback or whatever like hey like listen we really love your content we really think you know you align with our brand um we really think you're gonna like some of our products um if you're cool with it just want to send you some stuff no strings attached just want to know if you like it or not right and so what this does is is you're, you're starting off the relationship with this influencer um very authentically right um what ends up happening is that you're getting people you know a a care package or whatever it is and the people that end up posting to their account or sharing on their instagram story or whatever it is just saying hey thanks avi for sending this over those are the people that you probably want to work with right those are probably the people that have kind of experienced the product they like it and now they're posting about it right these guys have built up their their followers they're not gonna put out what they don't believe in or whatever it is so it's a little bit easier to now go into this relationship say like hey no shoes attached don't want anything from you just try this and if they end up posting about it those are the people that you want to actually pursue that relationship with so and the the pros here is that it doesn't cost a lot right the only thing that really comes out of your pocket is cost of goods and shipping right yeah and so like how do you find these influencers though? Like how, how would you guys go about it? Honestly, like we've, we've used all these platforms. Um, the, the one platform that really has, I think comes closest to, to being as effective as we want it to be is, is incense. Um, so between that and just manually searching for people, right. Um, yeah keywords you know searching bios just ser- like on tiktok the search the search engine is, is insane right um once you start finding some of these people you're going into like who do they follow right and sometimes it's it's similar to their people and so that's how we pr- approached it right we what we try to do is we try to reach out to at least 500 people a week um assuming you know a 20 to 30 percent response you know and then out of that let's just say let's just say for easy numbers right 500 email reach outs 100 people give us their emails and about like 30 or 40 people actually post right 
So now I've spent, um, let's just say each influencer care package cost us $10, right? Spent $1,000 just to, to send out something. I'm getting 30 pieces of 30 to 40 pieces of creative. Like to me, that's $30 a piece of uh, a creative, right? So now I can go back and take that content, either run it as ads or now what I'm what I'm aiming to do is build this organic traffic that's coming into the brand and just feed off of that, right? And then secondary is how can I work more with this influencer? Like, hey, you guys posted about the brand. Is there any, you know, type of relationship that you guys want to pursue, right? Um, we're pretty aggressive with our affiliate structure, meaning, you know, we'll give them a code, we'll give them a link, whatever. But I'm happy to pay them like a decent chunk of revenue if they want to be an affiliate, right? Um, how do I stand out from the million other brands that are doing this that are only offering 15, 20% commission? Like I can offer 50, right? Like if I can, if I can match Here's, what, here's the way that I do it is if I can break even on the first order, our break even point is like I need a 1.5 return on ad spend. Um, I can give you 50% of revenue and still be at a 2x return, right? And, and wow. still be profitable. So that's the way that I think about it. That's the way that I'm trying to get influencers excited about it. Because once they hear like 50% of revenue, like nobody hears that. Yeah, that's very rare. Do you think that most brands can do that, can go higher on their... Uh, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Like 15, 20 is kind of standard and maybe brands are just yeah. doing that because it's like it's what everyone does and they can get away with it. But you could actually do a higher percent of revenue and see better results from your efforts. I agree. I, I Here's the thing is I don't want to pay up front, right? At least at least to begin with, just understanding like whether or not they're going to drive results or not. Um, can I get them on board to get on some type of consistent posting? Right. Because if you if you up that incentive, right, they'll be more incentivized to post often. And the only way that audience is going to actually believe that you use this product is if you're consistently posting about okay. it. Right. Not just the one off posts, not just the once a month type of thing. I want like we're we're a daily routine product. Like we should be fit somewhere into your daily routine. So if if you're following somebody and all they're doing every morning is taking hobby shake and you see that okay, this is no BS, like, oh, they actually take this, let me go check it out. They have a link, they have a code, this and that, right? So that's the way that I think about it is how can I get them to post more regularly? And two, how could I make a scenario where both parties win, right? So like 50%, you get 50%, I get 50%. It should be as easy as that, right? Yeah, so you do, You would say take that $1,000 that you have and invest it in the influencer side versus throwing a thousand dollars into meta for ads yeah so think about it right so what on on meta let's just say your your target cpa is like our target cpa is like 50 bucks right aov is around 90 hundred dollars i need to get 50 conversions in a week for meta to make sense right now at 50 dollars cpa and 50 conversions that's 2500 dollars right off the bat okay with $1,000, I'm not getting anywhere close to that. And it's not going to take my first $1,000 to figure it out. It's going to take the next 2000 the next 3000 the next 4000 to really figure it out. So your your time and investment that goes into figuring out meta is a lot more than it is to just go and start seeding to influencers. And all you need are like 
a handful of rock stars to really get the business going. Right. And you don't need a ton of like uh, technical knowledge either. Like Meta, you have to go and learn the platform and, and it changes all the time. And so, but for influencers, it's literally just like sending a DM, writing an email. Um, it's just peopling. Yeah. It's relationship building. That's all it is. It's, it's a lot of people try to like to handle these conversations just on email. Like I tell our girls, like once you get somebody like in the door and somebody's posted about you, get on a call with them. Just be like, hey, can I talk to you for 10 minutes? Because that is where the relationship is built. And that's where you set yourself apart, right? Influencers getting emails all day long, right? People are sending them packages all day long. How do you stand apart, right? You know, we go and do the extra mile, like the handwritten note, like everything's literally handwritten. Right. Like the girls hate doing it, but like they see the, the the response from it. So like it's a win win for everybody. Right. Yeah. And so how do you build that relationship? Um, and like I said, you only need like a handful of, of creators or influencers to really get going, because what you're actually looking for at the end of the day is organic reach. Right. A little bit of sales, some content, and you're kind of off to the races. Right. Um, I'll give you the story about Obvi where we were probably. Again, we started with just meta, right? Where we could, you know, on the first order be profitable and, and kind of scale this up. But what happens is, is that as you scale up, right, you're losing this like top of funnel efficiency. And so what I mean by that is that Facebook, after a certain point, it, become, it becomes a little bit difficult to draw new people into your ecosystem, mm -hmm. right? I think a lot of people can maybe agree with Facebook has now become more of like a middle of the funnel approach, right? So whatever kind of traffic that it's driving into the ecosystem versus what you have going on organic, like it's just this this whirlwind of middle of the funnel, you know. And you can you can literally confirm this by looking at if you if you use triple whale or beam, right? You'll see the percentage of new visitors coming from certain ads. Yeah. Right? It's not truly a hundred percent even if it's considered top of the bottle. It's maybe 50, 60, like 70 at best. So you're really just constantly retargeting, right? So as you scale meta, you need to introduce different channels to introduce like new people into yeah. to the brand, right? And so we got to this point maybe a year, like a full year after, right? We were spending 5K a day. Like, again, it's not much, but like you start to see this efficiency start to kind of dwindle as, you know, you scale up. And- we had one influencer post about us unknowingly. Like we didn't even send her a product. She bought it herself. She bought, she saw an ad, she bought it. She loved it. She posted, she had 2 million followers and her followers were loyal as hell, right? She could have said, I just bought this rock on Amazon and it's the best rock I've ever yeah. seen. Go buy it. Like people will go buy it, right? And so we saw this, you know, massive pump in sales. And we were trying to find out where is this coming from and found it was from her. We reached out to her and said, hey, like, let us send you all of our flavors. Yeah. What can we do together? This and that. And what ended up happening is that because we got into a really good cadence and a good relationship with her, she was posting about us like every week. Right. And that drives the organic traffic that brands truly need to bring that top of funnel awareness in. Right. Yeah. And Ever since she started posting more consistently, our meta ads started performing better, right? And then we started whitelisting with her and using her as the ads and like everything just started to click, right? So kind of brings me into that next point where like it's just not meta anymore. You need top of the funnel channels to to lift all ships. Yeah. The, so it's 
uh, influencer and then meta. And recently you and I were talking about email and like Avi hasn't really done a ton on the email side. Like uh, Ron describes it as like uh, just the you know tip of the iceberg and there's so much more that you can do. So yeah. when when do you know it's the right time to to make an investment there to to start to dig into like email SMS side of things? Yeah, um, I mean, my initial answer would be like that should just be set like your your core flows and automations should just be set up day one, right? I'm talking welcome flow, abandoned cart, browse abandonment, uh, post purchase, right? Like those should just always be on. And you should always be like making tweaks to those, right? Yeah, that's foundational. But I mean, like uh, cross sell, upsell, retention, yeah, bringing win backs, all those things. Yeah, absolutely. So I th- again, I I truly believe that all should be done the minute you get your first sale, right? Um, what we've done, and this really isn't the best practice, right? Because at the end of the day, I think people that know us, like we're very performance marketing driven, like. I'm big on meta like what I think we did or did not do a good job at was really segmenting people right and really tailoring an experience to them mm-hmm. as a brand that boasts like you know we're very customer centric like yeah we have our community like we just hit 70,000 members like that is where we built these experiences for people that's where we focused our time but we forgot about like the the segmentation on the email side right we have different products that have different uh use cases right you might come in for weight loss you might come in for hair skin and nails or immunity those three people are totally different yeah they deserve a different experience right so when to invest in it is literally when you get your first purchase and what can you provide after that sell to like keep them on the brand right like i always say like even though they bought from you they're never truly sold on you the first time right they need like that journey like they need to use the product they need to see what value you're giving them outside of just the the product itself and then if order number two comes around all right they're getting there they'll sold on it right and then order three comes in and you're like okay well this is something now and half the time like those people are, are sticking around for for a good amount of time so i would say invest in it like asap and see what that see what the experience should look like just map it out and kind of fill in the the gaps as you go along. Yeah, I mean, there's so many channels, right? Like uh, even thinking about how you optimize SEO on your site, like that's a, you can spend a ton of time there. You can spend a ton of time writing content. You can um, spend a time collecting, gathering content from those influencers. Like there's so many different paths you can go down. And I, I always think like, well, one, like, follow the advice of uh, seasoned experts like yourself who've gone, kind of gone down those paths and um, fumbled and, and found the right way. So yeah, starting with influencers in this day and age makes the most sense um, to get that top of funnel. But then also like invest where you are going to be most effective. So like you guys are performance guys. So that's where it made most sense for you to invest first and, and really put time and energy in to build that that foundation but if you're coming into running a business from like a you know you're a writer you are a systems person like maybe it is like the email seo content side written content um you know there's there's lots of different ways but i always think like 
do the thing that you're actually going to do, you know, like, yeah. uh, don't, yeah. don't try to sit and spend a ton of time trying to figure out something that's really, really hard for you. Get those wins so that you can, the business can keep going and then do the hard stuff. I agree. I, I think that's why like, uh, maybe email, like the segmentation piece and all that kind of stuff, the uh, retention side has been, um, kind of secondary for you guys because you did the the stuff you know the quick wins and yeah. now you can dig in and spend a bit more time you have some team to dedicate time to and like all those things building the influencer list building that top of funnel um following up with those ads like all that brings in revenue for the business which then helps you grow not just the brand but like your team and your resourcing and and then you can hire people to do stuff that you're not really great at yeah i agree is there um is is it possible that you can exist as a brand without being everywhere? Can you do like just one or two channels and be good? Yeah, I, I think there's, I mean, there's a few brands that have done very, very well that aren't even running ads on Meta anymore, right? Yeah, um, there's brands that can't, and, right? Like, um, yeah, know, they're the brands that taboo brands, right? Yeah. And so a lot of it has been how you focus on the organic side. Mm -hmm. right? um there's there's so many i like the one that comes to mind is a supplement company called rise right they i mean they did start off you know running meta ads and i think for any supplement brand it is very difficult to 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 play in the sea of thousands of other supplement brands right um and what they ended up doing was that the ceo his name is nick he created a tiktok account you know just rise ceo and all he did was just put out content, just talked about what they were doing at the company, what flavors of protein they were coming out with, what new products they were coming out with, the taste test that they did internally, going to the manufacturer, documenting all of that. And for for people that are into like that sports nutrition, right, the pre workouts, the protein, and this and that, they want to know that it's a it's a, a legitimate product before putting it in their body, right? So now you have somebody that lives the lifestyle, is started a brand for that lifestyle and is very passionate about it he himself has become quote unquote an influencer yeah right? so he grew his account from like zero to almost two hundred thousand followers they don't even need to run ads anymore because just the reach that he's getting from his profile himself can drive revenue can drive you know they're in a bunch of um retailers um can drive traffic to you know the vitamin shops the the the, the gncs of the world right and so like you don't even need to figure out how to run ads on on Meta. All you need to do is be passionate about your your business and document everything, and just put it out for the world to see, right? And then from there, send you know start a YouTube channel, send traffic to the YouTube account, start growing your Instagram account. Like organic is so underrated because not a lot of people can nail it. It is very very difficult to nail because one, if you're not using influencers and say like like I don't I don't think that I could be like the the true face of obby and go out and say like okay well we're making this college like i'm nothing like the demographic right that we're right. trying to target right but for nick he is he is you know every day he's in the gym every day he's worrying about his that like that to me makes sense for us it's like we always need to find the face of a brand and we do that through finding influencers or you know people in our community yeah do you think um it's still possible to grow. I know the early days TikTok, everyone is like, you can grow really, really fast. Is it still possible to grow fast? I think so. 
Um, I think I think now between TikTok, Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts, you have more of a chance, right? If you can if you can create content and consistently post on all three of those channels, you'll win somewhere. Um, and again, it's all about consistency. It's all about quality. It's about value or whatever it is. Like, don't go into it thinking like, all right, how do I sell my product? But like, how do I build an audience? How can I give value, right? Um, at least for us, what we've tried to do for obvious, instead of like posting about the product or benefits, it's like, how can we do like really cool recipes that include a collagen, but like, can I come out with a page that people follow just for recipes and build an audience of people that are into smoothies, are into shakes. Those are the people that I want to buy my collagen because they're going to put it in there, right? So thinking of things like how can you add value outside of just like your product and then doubling down on that in terms of just content. So like recipes or, you know, things like that. It seems too like these are the things that don't scale and that's why people kind of shy away from them. Like sending 500 outreaches a week, like that's that's a sizable number of individual outreach. Like the, you're doing one-to-one really with that. Even if it's a copy paste for part of it, you're still going to send some kind of personalization. So I, I think a lot of uh, particularly founders of, you know, one person, two, three person shops, you want to do things at scale because you don't have time and resources like other bigger brands do. But uh, I don't know, as a, as a retention gal, I just, the things that, scale are the things that don't scale are the things that are most effective you know yeah 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 i agree well i really appreciate your time i'm gonna have to have you or ron come back and talk about the retail side because you brought that up and i think that's really interesting a lot of people want to get into retail and figure that out i know you had a episode about it on chew on this and in your newsletter so uh, i think if people are interested in that go listen to chew on this where else can people find you if they want to follow up yeah, absolutely. So chewonlist.io, um, season season one is a wrap. Season two, we just launched. Um, so go check it out there. Um, if you want to find us, we're on Twitter and LinkedIn um, at Ashwin Malani, or you can hit up Ron at Avi CEO. Uh, we're both on MentorPass. So if anybody needs any strategy sessions, like I love doing, you know, ad account audits. So um, hit us up. Yeah. Or just Shoot us a DM. We're, yeah, we're always love answer. that. Uh, thank you so much for being here and for teaching us what of you course. know. Thanks for having me. All right, class, make sure you're subscribed to e-commerce marketing school and huge favor. If you hear an episode you love, please take two minutes to leave a review with Privy. Anyone can be a marketer, simple, intuitive email and SMS marketing that drives real results without the complexity. And before I go, a special shout out to triple whale. E-commerce marketing school is now part of the Triple Whale podcast network. Triple Whale helps you easily manage and automate analytics, attribution, merchandising, forecasting, and more in the palm of your hand. Check them out by scheduling a demo today.